Welcome to the Daily Standard Podcast. I'm Eric Felton. I'm joined by John McCormick, senior writer for the Weekly Standard magazine. But before I welcome John to the studio, I'd like to mention that Daily Standard Podcast is sponsored by the Dollar Shave Club. They don't mess around with 14-blade razors and magic lubrication strips or any other silly shave technology. You can enjoy your first month with the Dollar Shave Club for just $5 with free shipping included. Just go to dollarshaveclub.com slash weekly standard. Don't forget the slash weekly standard part. John McCormick, welcome to the studio. Good to be here. Do you need a shave? Are you... I do, actually. All right. Well, now you know where to go. So if you're trying to win a, a congressional seat in California, it's no big deal. There are, there are a couple of senators, and they're the, the, the highfalutin types, but there are just dozens and dozens of congressmen, congresswomen as well in California. But in Montana, in Montana, it's the senators that are the unexclusive ones because Montana is one of those states that only has one congressman. And that one congressional seat is up for grabs this evening. People will be looking at the returns in the Montana House race. What has happened in the last few days? It's not your average race. Uh, not at all. So the big story, I think a lot of people who follow politics have probably already seen this, is that the Republican candidate himself uh, got into a fight, or rather he uh, attacked a reporter from the Guardian newspaper, Ben Jacobs. And uh, what Jacobs, all he did was he asked uh, the candidate a few questions about the uh, Congressional Budget Office's uh, score, their analysis of the Republican health care alternative to Obamacare. And if you go online, you go to weeklystandard.com and see the post I have up about it, you can listen to Jacob's audio where the candidate, uh, Greg Gianforte, becomes enraged at this uh, at these questions. I, I think I can do a simulation of the audio. Yeah, something. I don't know. It's a little it's much more aggressive than that. But uh, he uh, he uh, he throws the guy to the ground and apparently punched him, according to a Fox News eyewitness and Fox News reporter in there. So, um, you know, the real question is, will this have any impact whatsoever? On the race, because uh, according to one one uh, very smart observer, uh, David Wasserman, the Cook Political Report, I highly recommend anybody who's interested in following politics or election returns, follow him at Redistrict on Twitter, twitter.com backslash Redistrict. Uh, Wasserman said that, you know, he estimated that two thirds of the vote in Montana is already in. So at this point, it's not clear how this story. Right, a lot of came absentee out. balloting. Yeah, yeah. A lot of early voting, absentee balloting. Um, and so the real question is, you know, did this story, which came out late last night, you know, did it get processed this morning before people went to the polls? If so, how many? If so, how much of an impact did it have? Um, we really don't know. You know, I mean, Montana is a it's a lean Republican state. They do have a one Democratic senator who was uh, elected in 2006 narrowly. A and a Democratic history of Democratic senators yeah. that you don't have to go back that far mm -hmm. to get to Max Baucus. And exactly. What I like about this race is not just that uh, it's sort of a surrogate race for what's going on in, at the national level, but it, there's a very Montana quality, old Montana versus new Montana. So new Montana is the Republican candidate who's a tech millionaire. So that's very new Montana. The old Montana, the Democratic candidate, cowboy folk singer. It's not too often that you get 
tech overlord versus cowboy folk singer, and the cowboy folk singer has a chance. And my favorite detail, uh, go to wa- the, the Washington Free Beacon uh, broke uh, the story that the cowboy folk singer likes to perform at a nudist ranch. So, you know, <laughs> you can't make it up. It's, uh, it's, 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 it's a wild and wonderful. And he's not breaking away uh, winning? No, I don't know. So, I mean, we don't know right now. I mean, the, the polls show the Republican ahead. It's a Republican lean state. Um, but the polls do show the Republican under 50%. Anytime you see somebody under 50%, you wonder... Are those people who aren't saying which side they're on? Are they going to break to the challenger? Are they going to break the other way? And so this will be a real, a real bellwether sort of of how much the health care bill um, and and Donald Trump's um, you know issues, shall we say, um, are affecting Republicans. You know, people can read a little bit too much into. Um, special elections, especially when you have these very odd, quirky factors. You know, they're they're. They're held at odd times. The candidates may be very bad. Um, but, you know, I, I think there, there really was a sign that Democrats were in for a bloodbath in 2010 when they managed to lose uh, Ted Kennedy's Senate seat in January of 2010 in a special election after he passed after Ted Kennedy passed away. Right. And I think one of the other things that comes into play in these special elections is that uh, an organized political force can focus all of its energies on one race or two races, whereas in a regular election, uh, everybody's spread out. Exactly. You know, th- uh, things can in a, in a in in a general election. You know, when there are uh, you know four hundred and thirty five uh, congressional districts up for grabs, you don't really have that much attention focused on just one race, and people just begin to you know sort of revert to a partisan vote. In this case, you might get a better look at the candidates themselves and their you know unique. Uh, personalities might come through a little more. Now, there were a couple of races where the Republicans were in trouble so far this year, where the close-fought Kansas special election where Republican held on, um, the Georgia election where it ended up going to a runoff where there's an expectation the Republican will win in the runoff. Um, On one hand, the narrative that um, the Trump vote is waning, uh, gets pushed back by the fact that the Republicans haven't actually lost in these close run. Uh, But on the other hand, uh, the mere fact that they're close run things and really shouldn't, given the districts, um, how much do you take away for the way 2018 is shaping up? Yeah, you know, as you said, we've really only had the Kansas special election that was actually decided. And if if the typical Republican lost as much as Republicans lost between 2016 and the special election in 2017, if that if that swing away from Republicans that happened in Kansas were to happen nationwide, Republicans would easily lose the House of Representatives. Now, the question there, as we said earlier, uh, were unique factors at play? You know, for example, the um, the candidate there, uh, Estes, uh, was in the administration of Sam Brownback, who is deeply unpopular. He actually ran pretty much even with where Brown back was uh, back in 2014, or was it national factors and sort of a national drag in the party that that dragged him down? We really don't know that. You know, I mean, you're waiting for more and more uh, data points to sort of get a better picture of where things are heading. I would think right now the, the, the biggest concern for Republicans, the real sign that they're in danger of losing uh, the House in 2018 is the president's approval rating. If you look at Sean Trendy at Real Clear Politics, our own Jay Cost, the Weekly Standard, they've done a lot of work about how the um, congressional midterm elections 
you know, they, they kind of correlate with the president's job approval rating. Right now, Trump is – President Trump is hovering, uh, you know, right around 40 percent sometimes. Ho- hovering would be hovering, a, a, yeah. a generous word. 40 percent. 40 percent. Not a good place hovering to be. Hovering ex- implies a certain buoyancy. Yeah. I mean, Obama in, 20, in 2010, when Republicans took back the House, I forget the exact – exactly where he was, but I think it was something like 44% was his job approval. So Trump is already below where Obama was in the 20, when the 2010 midterms uh, happened. And and he's been down a long time. It's, you know, there there was a kind of initial bump that had him at 50% or so, but that fell off pretty quickly. And so those poor approval ratings have been a pretty consistent phenomenon in the Trump presidency. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't a, a, people weren't exaggerating when they said that both Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton were, you know, historically unpopular candidates, and it just so happened that seventy thousand total voters in the Midwest decided that they preferred Donald Trump to Hillary Clinton, and that's why he won the election. Um, but he remained unpopular, as I'm sure Hillary Clinton would have remained unpopular if she had gotten seventy thousand and one more votes than she did uh, in those critical states that decided the election. So, how much are you going to be watching the Montana race to see? how things are shaping up in in Congress in the big picture. You know, I'll uh you know, I, I wouldn't read too much into it, especially I mean it'll be really interesting to see if we can get a breakdown between the votes that took place before today and the votes that took place today to see how much the story penetrated it had an effect. You know, I always like to I think it's now easier to follow campaigns and campaign election returns actually on Twitter if you know who to follow like I said, uh you know, Jay Cost is always good, Sean Trendy, you know, Twitter.com, Blackshaw, Sean Trendy, David Wasserman at the Cook Political Report. Uh, his Twitter handle is Redistrict. Um, those are all good guys to follow. I'm sure they'll be sharing um, other people. Of course, uh, everyone else at the Weekly Standard, too. I'm sure Bill Crystal will chime in at some point with, uh, you know, some witty comments about the – or, or doom, doom-saying doom comments about uh, whatever <laughs> happens tonight. So people should check that out. All right. Thanks to watch tonight. John McCormick, senior writer for The Weekly Standard. Thanks for joining us on the Daily Standard podcast. Thank you. That's it for today's Daily Standard podcast. Our sponsor is Dollar Shave Club, the smarter choice. No schlepping to the store where you either get a cheap disposable razor that gives you a cheap shave or you spend a fortune on razors with gimmicky shaving technology that you don't need. There's a special deal for Daily Standard listeners who join the Dollar Shave Club. You get $15 worth of blades and shave butter for just $5. That's a weighty handle plus four cartridges and a tube of shave butter. It's easy to order online. All you have to do to get this exclusive offer is go to dollarshaveclub.com slash weeklystandard. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash weeklystandard. Thanks so much for listening to the Daily Standard podcast. You can get all our podcasts at weeklystandard.com. Or better yet, subscribe at iTunes or Google Play. Go to either of those fine services and search for Weekly Standard. That way you'll never miss any of our podcasts, including the Crystal Clear podcast with Bill Crystal every Friday and the Confab with me, Eric Felton, every weekend. Catch you next time.